Next on BYU Sports Nation, we have now entered the reflective period known as the bye week. How do you feel about the first eight BYU football games? It's also a Maddich Monday as ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us to talk BYU versus Boise State. And do all the close losses make it easier or harder to deal with the season? And who had a pick six yesterday in the NFL from BYU? And why did the Cougars move up in the ESPN uh, FPI after a loss? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Yo, what up? What up? It is BYU Sports Nation, and it's live, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's Monday, October 24th. I'm Jerem Jordan, alongside a man who is stoked to see the Cubs in the World Series, Jason Shepard. Really, this is how we're going to start out the show? (laughs) I thought that this was a Cub-free zone here. I thought that we were going to be able to avoid talking about... uh, The greatest American sports story that's been untold. The The little bear. The little bears next to the bears of uh, Chicago. Yeah. The, you're a Cardinals fan, yes. so you're just anti-Cubs. Yeah, I, I don't want the Cubs to win. I hope the Cubs get embarrassed. Absolutely. But it's not going to happen. This is like destiny. They're going to win this. I'm going to be rooting. This is destiny. That's I'm going right. to be pulling really hard for the Cleveland Indians. I hope the Indians win this. That, but no. it's it's we, you can see how this is playing out. The yeah. Cubs are going to win the World Series. Yeah. If they don't. It actually make this story continue to be interesting. Well, here's the deal. Let's just have them win this so that we can all move on. <laughs> and that the, the, gigant, the gigantic oh hug that the national media is giving the Chicago Cubs for everything they do can end. It's hilarious because you've won uh, like several titles recently with your St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, we've won two and since And Chicago can't have one. No, it's yeah, the way a rivalry yeah. works. <laughs> It's the way it's, a rivalry that's works. That's true. I can Come respect that. Come on now. That. Who's the rivalry of the Mariners? They don't have a rival. <laughs> the Angels, who have won a couple. They represented the AL East, Jason. No, in, in terms of a AL story, it, it's a great story. No, it's a great story. I'm just story. a Cardinals fan. I don't I want to see the Cubs win. I know. I'm a neutral observer, so I'm like, sure, let's see this, this great sports story uh, be told. It'd actually be better if they lost the World Series, let's be honest. Here today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. This is in Kainakua is one of 16 semifinalists for the Jim Thorpe Award given to the nation's best defensive back. How about that? Nakua's five interceptions are tied for the nation's best uh, or top spot at interceptions. Five picks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, all he does is intercept the football. All he does is pick, pick, pick. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> please don't do that. <laughs> BYU- <laughs> please root for the Cubs. Please, please don't. No, I will not. <laughs> BYU enters its bye week coming off a one-point loss at Boise State. But get this, they move up in the rankings, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU moves up one spot in the ESPN FPI rankings to number 34. Hmm. Now, when you say rankings, it sounds like it's going to be the top 25 or something. Um, It's the football power index. Yes, it's the football power index rankings, yes. Which, if only they used that on the screen. (laughs) But hey... 34, that's not <laughs> bad. And, we, and you move up that's, a spot? That's weird, right? It is weird. You, th- you didn't necessarily expect that. BYU's close, close losses have value in this football power index. Unfortunately, well, not in the win-loss column. And according to the FPI, the Cougars have the second highest win-out percentage in the country with 64.1%. When your opponents are 11-18, and 18, <laughs> you should. 
Louisville's number one, by the way, at like 70%. So, so that's... That's how that works. You take number three. All right. Cougars in the NFL yesterday. Daniel Sorensen had a 48-yard pick six for my beloved Kansas City Chiefs. He also had a sack and six tackles in the victory over the Saints. Dennis Pitta had four receptions for 40 yards in a Ravens loss. And then Ziggy Ansah had two tackles. And Kyle Vanoy had three tackles for the Detroit Lions. And the BYU women's soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood won her 350th win or uh on Saturday, as the sixth-ranked Cougars beat San Diego 2-1 without Ashley Hatch. So congratulations to Coach Rockwood. BYU gets another win uh, without Ashley Hatch, who was with the U.S. national team. I don't believe she played in that second game against Switzerland. Lizzie Braby uh, scored in the 82nd minute to give the Cougars the win. The Cougars are number four in today's RPI, which is, uh, today's RPI, which is great because the, if BYU can stay kind of top ten in the rankings, rankings are nice. But if BYU's top five in the RPI... RPI, they could host a couple of games in the NCAA tournament, which would be big. And you know how dominant this team is when they're playing at home. Oh, it's been well, awesome. They're, they're dominant don't... anyway, but you yes. get them at home, yeah. and it's, it's like next level. It's yeah. like elite. It's li- yes. In fact, I would call it elite, unlike other stuff from this chair. I want to call everything elite from this chair. Is it this chair? That's, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for what's coming. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Four and four. Now what? It's a bye week. No game this week. But basketball heats up, by the way. Cougar tip-off Wednesday, exhibition Saturday. Uh, BYU is four and four after eight games. Three of those, those losses, Jason, are to ranked teams. West Virginia, Utah, and Boise State. And the other loss was to UCLA, who's three and five and lost the shootout to the Utes over the weekend. BYU's losses, one point to Utah. Three points to UCLA, three to West Virginia, and one to Boise State. <sighs> Still can't believe it. Eight points separating BYU from eight and zero. Oh. You could argue uh, BYU could be one and seven. Uh, the same. I will not argue as that. Well. I will yeah, argue yeah, the yeah, eight and zero. Oh. This is a BYU TV uh, channel, so yeah, we'll <laughs> argue the positive. Which brings us to today's Twitter question. <laughs> Sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. Good luck. Yeah, this one uh, from Broil Blue Coog says, Bittersweet, 4-4 four and four with this schedule in this situation, mentions the new coaches, the schemes, etc., uh, at peace. But the L's by eight points, dang, with an exclamation point. Like I said, it's a, it's a BYU TV uh, channel. I, yeah, 4-4, four and four. here's how I feel about it. Meh. It was, it's been an exciting eight games, right? I've loved the entertainment value. CBS Sports called BYU the second most exciting team in the country to Tennessee last week. The my part has been the, the excitement of those four wins, but the disappointment of the close losses. You, you, you stare down two, I, and I'm not talking about like UCLA, BYU was never really in that game. They score late, you get an onside, you can make it interesting. BYU was never really in that game. They were down 17 points for the majority of that game. Um, it felt like, at least, right? Then, then you have Utah. You can't be plus three and lose and be like, yeah, I'm okay with that. You can't be plus five at Boise State and go, yes, that's tolerable, even without Jamal Williams. That, that was certainly the biggest factor in that game. But those two kind of irk me, right? Where I'm like, mm, BYU should be five and three, and I'd feel better. Six and two would be even better. Above that, I'm, I'm not sure this team's like seven and one, eight, no um, quality, right? They're four and four on paper. But had BYU been five and three, I would have been like, okay, this is this is good. Like, so one game would have made a huge difference for you. Yes, and that one game could have been Utah or Boise State. Either one, I'd take it. You'd snap a streak. You'd beat a regional team. You'd beat a ranked team. Not at, not at the time at Utah, but at the time at Boise State, I'd feel very different. 
I, I feel good. I'm not saying I feel bad. I feel good about what's happened because it's year one of Kalani Satake. The scheme difference has been a challenge for the BYU offense. I'm not sure they have the personnel to excel quite yet, as we've seen in the past game. Uh, but 4-4, four and four, preseason, I'd take it. But guess what? Expectations should change based on what you see. See, based off of that, I think the way fans feel today, I think it's all based off of how they felt going into the year. If they had mm. higher expectations heading into the year, then right now they're probably pretty down. Mm. But if they understood all the things that you just mentioned that we've talked about for months, new scheme, you know, new coach, all the things that we've talked about for months, if you put that into perspective... That we should have addressed more in the preseason. Yes. Then, then you probably have a different feeling. For me, like the one sentence I would use is what could have been. Losing is never fun, but, but to lose so many close games, it's a really interesting feeling because you can look at it one of two ways. Do you feel good that the games were so close and, and you were this close to winning, that you're not far off, or are you deflated that you had the opportunity to win the games mm-hmm. and couldn't find a way to win? Mm. And I think that that's kind of where it boils down to. And the, the term moral victory gets brought up a lot, and it has a very negative connotation when yes. you talk about sports. Yes, oh, we're not, we don't play for moral victories. I Winners get, don't talk about exactly. moral victories. And, but there is something about this year that with the games being so close and realizing that you're not that far off, there is something that gives you a sense of, okay, well, it, it's... It could be worse. We could be getting blown out in these games. Yeah. That's not happening. That's not my ideal conversation either of, well, could be worse. Yeah, it could always be worse, right? Like, this feels like my mom uh, preaching at me when I'm little saying, no, 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 what you have is good. Like, there are people who have less, <laughs> yes. right? Which is like, you are right. It doesn't make, it doesn't me, make feel me feel any, any better. better. <laughs> yeah, That doesn't mean point. I don't want more. Right. And, and there have been people that have, have told me, well, BYU plays down to its competition. Then they played up to the competition against West Virginia and Utah and Boise State. So don't give me the down if you're not going to give me the up. And, and, and think about this. We thought before the season, 4-4, we'd, four and four, we'd feel good about it. Does it feel good? Like, 4-4, four and four, do you feel good? I just feel like, okay, like somewhere in the middle. Uh, because being 500 is not a thing to celebrate, per se, unless you have a low expectation. And I think with this schedule, we thought, okay, and and I said, hey, seven wins in the regular season would be good. Because I thought it would be, I I thought Michigan State would be really good. We all thought it was going to be the toughest game on the schedule. I thought UCLA would be better. They're 3-5 and team right now. Let's look at BYU's wins, by the way. Uh, Arizona, what are they, 2-5? and Uh, Michigan State, 2-5. and Mississippi State, are they 2-5 and as well? I believe Toledo's five and one. They're they're crushing it right now. Those are your four wins. Those teams were not as good, but that that happens. That's the fun part. We think this team's good. West Virginia's way better than we thought. They're way better than we thought. Utah seven and one. By the way, Utah behind BYU in the football power index from ESPN for some reason. The nation does not take Utah seriously. They're the lowest ranked team in the top twenty-five with uh, power five with one loss. They're the only team outside yeah. the top 15. So the schedule, you, you think one thing before the season, it happens. I, if you think bigger with BYU football than just these eight games, I think you can see the value here. Kalani Satake and this group are laying a foundation for several years. I would not want BYU Sports Nation to be judged on the first year of the show. 
the first six months, uh, two uh, doofuses were figuring out how to do the show, right? Um, and, and then we, we got on TV those first six months. I would rather be judged by year two or three. This is the start of year four. We feel like we've figured out what we are, what we do, personnel to the schemes. We have the people in place on the crew to do certain things. We've expanded. We've changed our graphic look, dot, 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 right? I feel really good about where the show's at. I would not want to be judged by year one, but that's how it is in that moment with BYU football right now. Our Twitter question, sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. This one coming in from at DMV underscore Cougar fan. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Classic. It's very, very classic. Charles Dickens, thank you. At James, BYU still has an opportunity for nine wins this year. Which is pretty wild. If you're all about the wins and losses, if at the end of the year you've got nine wins, it's a good season. Absolutely, against this schedule. And that's the fun part. Just seeing these games play out, my expectation changed because BYU was in these games. You can't... It's... I, it's Utah and Boise State. Yep. West Virginia, too. You throw two picks the last two series. Yep. Coming up, we play What's the Chance and read more of your tweets. But first, does ESPN's Trevor Maddich think BYU's close losses make him feel better or worse about the season? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. The conversation's happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Tune in to After Further Review tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan all look back on last week's game at Boise State. AFR for the cool kids tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on BYU TV. And if you're not cool, you can still watch that. Our Twitter questions, sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. So good luck. Use a lot of commas. At J Butcher thirty one, so close yet so far away. Is it that far away? That's what we were just. But talking they're so about. close. How could it be so far away? Right. Yeah. And that is a great that is song the lyric, probably. Yes. Right. Let's discuss the uh, the first eight games and the Boise State game for that matter with uh, Trevor Maddich of ESPN, college football analyst on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. It is a Maddich Monday. Trevor, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Great to be here, guys. Okay, it's been a couple days since Boise State, but we haven't talked to you since then. So there was a lot going on in that game. No Jamal Williams, 4th and 19, five takeaways, and so on. What was your reaction and some of your takeaways from the Boise State game? Well, reaction was, boy, BYU is really, really good everywhere except for one spot. And they aren't able to compensate for that. That's that's the way they, they pass the ball. They aren't able to compensate for that with what they're doing so well in other places. But as you watch them play, they still aren't showing any signs of pointing any fingers. You see a team that's playing hard. You see a team that plays for each other. You see a team that is fully behind the coaching staff. And even though this game ended up in another frustrating close loss, there are a lot of positive things to take out of this. Trevor, our, our Twitter question today that we're asking BYU Sports Nation is sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. Now, we'll, we'll probably give you more than one sentence to answer this if you'd like, but w- when you look at BYU through eight games, what are your thoughts on this season to this point? Well, let's see, one sentence. It would be, uh, one of the, it would be let's see, the most, the most exciting and painful First eight games of a season in combination that I can remember BYU playing. 
I mean, because they, they, they're <laughs> so fun to watch. It's crazy how fun they are to watch. And actually, that's a really positive thing. Because when it comes to the, the TV folks, the TV folks, they don't really, you know, I'm not saying they don't care who wins, but what they really care about is that it would be really exciting and very relevant. And this game was exciting and relevant on a national basis because of where Boise State stands from a standpoint of their possibility of making the New Year's Six Bowls if they could beat BYU. All that stuff was going on from the very beginning until the final gun. And so this was, this is an exciting season, but it just as exciting as it is, it also hurts like crazy. And there, and there have been so many close games. Six of the eight decided by three or less. Seven of the eight decided by seven or less. So let me ask you this. Is it, is it better or worse when you look at the first eight games? That so many have been close, and that there have been four losses by a combined eight points. Would you rather no, have? It, would you rather have some blowouts and be like, "Well, that wasn't even a game," or a couple where you go, mm, "A few plays away from being much better." No, it's easier emotionally if you get blown out in the moment, just because hey, it's the other guy's day. These kind of games where you have the possibility of winning, and then you just get your heart ripped out of your chest. It's just, it's just grueling and excruciating. That's one of the reasons I think that there's a lot to be excited about because it hasn't crushed BYU emotionally. They, they still are coming back and still are fighting. But the fact that the games are so close, in a way, validates what the coaches are doing, what they're asking them to do. And again, there, there are things that, that need to be tightened up, as will always be in the first year of an offensive and defensive system. But the players can look at the tape and they can see that for all the mistakes, for all the heartache, they literally are just a few plays away from being 6-2 and two or even 7-1. and one. Now, those plays happened, and BYU did not finish in those losses, those close losses. Even so, there's a whole lot of difference when you've got a new coaching staff in when you're not competitive, in which case you're wondering if the coach's style will work, or if you are competitive and you could see on tape just that one thing. I just needed to do that one thing, and we would have won that game. And that validates what the coaches are doing. One thing, Trevor, that this BYU defense has been fantastic with all season is forcing turnovers. And two losses in particular, they've been very good. That was at Utah and at Boise State. In those games, they had six takeaways, and in the other, they had five. They've lost both of those games. How does that happen? It happens, Jason, because they're not able to finish on offense. Getting the turnover is one thing. Now you've got to punch it in. And BYU is not able to do that against better defenses. Against lesser defenses, the injuries on the offensive line, the you know missing, for example, Jamal Williams in this game against Boise State, you know against lesser defenses, that doesn't matter as much. But against better defenses, you have to have Plan A, which for BYU is run the ball, and Plan B and Plan C. You've got to be able to to spread the field and be balanced, especially with this style of offense. And BYU still isn't able to pass the ball with any regularity or predictability. They'll make some good throws and some big individual passing plays, but those are one-offs. They're not the kind of precision that you saw Boise State open up with. I mean, you saw with with uh, Brett Rippon, Boise State's quarterback, just a surgical precision where he knew where to go with the ball. He threw it before the receiver made his break. It was a, it was a dime most of the time. It was accurate. And it was just every time he, he released that ball, before you ever saw it caught, you expected that it would be caught. 
and when BYU throws the ball, it goes down the field, and you kind of hope that maybe something good might happen. And that's where they stand right now. Now, there are reasons for that. Uh, and in some ways it's understandable uh, because of, of the nature of the first year of this kind of offense, which is so different from what it's been in recent years. Either way, that's the reason that they're not able to capitalize on all these turnovers. They're not able offensively to be balanced enough against the better defenses to take those turnovers, punch them into the end zone, and have those turnovers translate not just into momentum on their side, but to daggers on the scoreboard. You've talked about how getting uh, you know seven eight wins would be would be really good for this BYU football team. Now they have uh, four games left in November after this bye week. Uh, ESPN's Football Power Index gives BYU the second highest chance of any team in the country of uh, winning out. What do you think the chances are BYU wins all four in November? Well, the fact that they're getting a bye week next week, I think, is huge. And they've got a very, very good chance. I mean, the, the four teams they face have a combined losing record. None of them has a winning record. And so they're, they're losable games, especially at Cincinnati is tough. And then the rivalry game with Utah State, that's always a, a completely unpredictable tear your hair out, potential nightmare. That's the nature of the game. It's part of the fun of the game. But the way BYU has handled the first eight games, without a, without a break, it's just an unrelenting grind. And in those games, you've got to realize that, that six of the eight were against Power 5 teams, and one of the other two against Boise State was against a team that's ranked 14th in the nation. And the other one, Toledo, has one of the best offenses in the country. So this is one of the toughest schedules, um, in, one of the tougher schedules in, in the country. So after this bye, BYU can finally take a rest. And if they take the same mentality that they used in those first eight games in their preparation, which is to say be, be urgently focused on every day in practice, on every meeting that they have, and treat the last four like they treated the first eight. There's no reason why they couldn't win out. And if they do, to finish the regular season eight and four, given the way this season has been, I think would be uh, overall, with, with all the frustrations, one of the better coaching jobs and one of the better performances by a team on the field that we've had in recent years, given the schedule. Through the eight games with BYU being four and four, how has your opinion about this BYU team changed, or has it? You know, it's solidified the things I think that are most important. We, we talk about the passing game, and we see that. We're frustrated by it. But what's more important is the culture. Coaches that, that, that build successful programs don't do it through fancy schemes and X's and O's. Remember Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame. He came in from winning Super Bowl championships as the offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots and Tom Brady famously came into college football and said that they will have a decided schematic advantage. Well, maybe they did, but he wasn't able to build the culture of winning in college football. And that culture starts with expectation and accountability. And BYU knows what's expected of them. And they are accountable to each other in the locker room, not just accountable to the coaches who are in charge of punishing people that don't, that don't live up to what they need to do. And the fact that that culture has already been established is so much bigger than whether they win or lose a game by a field goal or whatever. I mean, I think the, the, the biggest loss that they've had this year is by three points, right? Uh, and so pretty crazy. It's crazy. And so we, we, we get caught up in the X's and O's and the what ifs and the plays that turn the game in, in losses like that. But overall, the culture of this team is evident. 
And it's the culture that not only will lead this team to, to greater heights down the road, it's the culture that will draw recruits. The best recruiters on any, in any program aren't the coaches. It's the players in the locker room because the players will tell recruits the truth. They'll tell them the truth. And recruits can tell if players are lying to them. Coaches tend to be better politicians than players. And so these players have bought in, and that will also be great for the future because recruits will come and see how much these current players believe in what they're doing. And that, will, that is so much bigger than what happens in a three-point win or a three-point loss on a given Saturday. To, to follow up on that, and I'm, I'm curious to get your take on this, and, and realizing that it doesn't have anything to do with X's and O's or anything like that, but there have been some very popular uh, like locker room celebrations where you see the team really enjoying being around each other and the coaches dancing. How much do you think that can affect a recruit in terms of that, that family atmosphere and that environment that they're looking for? They love it because it's an emotional moment. You have those locker room celebrations in in a big win, and the big win creates big emotion. That's one of the reasons that teams tend to bring in recruits for the biggest games because if you win those games, the, the recruits can feel the emotion of the players in the crowd. And that's important because there are, there are academic criteria that a recruit will go through. And academics is one of those criteria. But, I mean, they'll look at different things they'll check off. Do I like this? Do I like that? Et cetera, about a school. But ultimately, recruiting is the same as sales. And every salesperson listening to us right now will tell you that sales is more about emotion than anything else. We think about the the things that we need in order to decide whether to, to buy a product or service. Those things are like the X's and O's in a football game. But the final decision is the emotion. The emotion. How will it make me feel when I buy this? How will it make me feel when I use this, when I own this? And that emotion is much more powerful than the cerebral connection with whatever, you know, whatever checklist you have. And so that's one thing that's so important with this BYU team. They've had emotions on the high end and on the low end. But overall, I think recruits will come in here and they'll feel the underlying core emotion, which is not dependent upon whether or not you win a game. The core emotion in that, in that locker room, I believe, is a very solid one that recruits will be able to feel. Remember that uh, you know, the greatest coaches are the ones with the best players. And so, you know, that, that's that an important thing. <laughs> ESPN's Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation. We're going deep today. Let's go national now. Uh, Ohio State goes down after the blocked field goal return at Penn State. So as of now, who do you think's going to make the college football playoff, Trevor? Well, right now it's looking, it's looking like Alabama is going to be unbeatable. Uh, Alabama does have issues on offense, by the way. And the, the issues on offense for Alabama – in a lot of ways are similar to the issues for BYU. Alabama doesn't throw the ball down the field consistently well enough. Uh, Their defense is phenomenal, uh, and they score a lot of touchdowns on defense, which, by the way, BYU's defense scored two touchdowns off turnovers in this game. BYU's offense against Boise State scored one touchdown. BYU's defense scored two. Right? Well, that's what Alabama does, right? But, but Alabama is much farther ahead. They've got a mature offensive system, a mature recruiting pipeline with players recruited to this system now that have been there their entire careers in this same system, and all that helps. But they still aren't consistent enough in hitting the passing game and throwing the ball to where the defense 
gives you, take what the defense gives you, and then complete the balls downfield that are there. They're not that great at that yet, but their defense is so good that they're able to get away with that. Alabama, I think, is number one there. Uh, Michigan, I'm not sure how good Michigan is because they really still haven't been tested on the field. Their best win is against Colorado, who turns out to be a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. But Michigan right now is looking to be like uh, they could be that team. I worry about Ohio State because they have all the talent, but remember that they came into this league or into this season with the least experienced team that Urban Meyer has ever had. They lost 12 guys to the draft, the NFL draft last year, 10 of them in the first three rounds. And many of those were underclassmen, so a lot of guys had to play early. And they still haven't been able to put it together. And by the way, it's the same problem BYU has. Ohio State can't throw the ball with regularity and consistently, especially down the field. So defenses will come up and jam up the short passing game and the running game for Ohio State, and it bit him. In this game against Penn State, they lost. And so it's not just a BYU thing. This is kind of going around the, the, the you know, ranks of college football. But when you look at the other teams, I would suggest this, that, uh, that Louisville sits at number five right now in the AP poll. And people say that they're one of the top four teams, and I believe that Louisville is one of the best four teams in the country right now. But I think you've got to maintain the integrity of the regular season. And to me, if it comes down to uh, a benefit of a doubt between Louisville if they don't win the ACC because Clemson wins out, and a, and a one-loss or no-loss conference champion, You've got to take the conference champion and treat the Clemson uh, win over Louisville as a de facto playoff game during the regular season. So right now, after Alabama, there's a whole bunch of question marks. Michigan just hasn't faced anybody, so I don't know. Clemson, their offensive line isn't all that great. Clemson's offense is really sluggish and struggling. Washington looks complete, but they haven't faced anybody. Louisville lost the playoff game to Clemson. Ohio State can't throw the ball down the field. Nebraska, I mean, who knows how good Nebraska is. I don't know how good they are yet. We're going to find out against Wisconsin. I guess that's a lot of, that's a lot of information to kind of say that right now BYU is not the only team that has uh, – aspects of their game that they're frustrated with. Even Alabama, the most unbeatable team in the country right now, has aspects of their offense that they're frustrated with. But they're the only ones that I have fully, full confidence in when you talk about the top, you know, getting into the top four and succeeding there. Well, that's why we love college football. What we think we know, we probably don't, and it could shake out differently. Trevor, we appreciate the time. Have a great week, man. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Trevor Maddox, for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Some great points by Trevor. I do want to mention the BYU-Cincinnati game time and TV is expected to be announced today. Uh, so we'll figure that out for November 5th. Yeah, I mean, he, w- he was talking about if you look over other teams in college football, I mean, it's not BYU's not the only one that are, that are having certain issues with certain aspects of their game. I mean, it, it, it happens. It's football, baby. It, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just what happens in sports. And obviously, you know, the fan base for BYU is focusing on what BYU is doing. But, you know, this happens, this happens quite a bit. It's, the, the standard for this team's almost been made uh, higher because the games have been close. Do you agree or disagree with that idea? Yeah, I agree with that. There's not been a single blowout. No, there's no, no. not been blown out. The largest loss by three. So BYU's been, BYU's been in every game. So to if you told me before the season, the first eight games will be decided by uh, three, like three points or less, a loss of three or less, I'd say BYU's six and two, man, or five and three. 
four and four, I'd go, what happened? What? They lost multiple games decided by three less? Shoot. It, it, <laughs> and one. The, fa- the fact that it has happened in such a short period of time is just crazy. It's, it's wild. It's been one of the craziest uh, seasons of BYU football hey, history. It's just ensured that fans are paying attention to the very end. That's right, man. <laughs> you, you, even, can't, you can't leave the game early. Even when the game kicks at 10-21 Eastern. We've had three of those. <laughs> I'm tired just thinking about that. Sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. Keep the tweets coming. Uh, coming up, 100% chance we play What's the Chance? But first, your thoughts on the first eight games. Do you love it? Are you pulling your hair out? Use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. Welcome back on a Monday. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. It's a hoops week, baby. There's no football, but there's some hoops this week, man. Absolutely. BYU basketball hitting the court Wednesday night for the annual Cougar tip-off. If you want to check it out, tune into BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app. Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Spencer Linton and this guy right here, Jerem Jordan, will be on the call from the Marriott Center. It's going to be fun. Uh, your, your first look on television of uh, the BYU men's basketball team. So check it out. Uh, we'll bring that to you Wednesday, as you mentioned. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kainakua is one of 16 semifinalists for the Jim Thorpe Award, given to the nation's best defensive back. Nakua's five interceptions are tied for the nation's best. What's the chance he actually wins that award? We'll do that in the next segment. Ooh, I like that little tease there. Uh, BYU enters its bye week coming off a one-point loss at Boise State, uh. but they do move up to number 34 in the ESPN Football Power Index. According to the FPI, the Cougars have the second-highest win-out percentage in the country with 64.1%. You, do you think it should be higher than that? Yeah. Well, that's in What's the Chance as well. That's coming up. Seeing the number 34 there... Almost makes me frustrated because what if, if BYU is five and th- like if BYU is five and three, the are word they on to the, describe this season are they on the fringe of the top twenty five? It's like ah, oh, come, come on! I'm I'm still not over Thursday. You can't rant. You can't go plus three and plus five in two different games and lose. I don't care if Jamal Williams hurt. Come on, Cougars in the NFL update. Daniel Sorensen had a forty eight yard pick six for the Chiefs, a sack and six tackles. In a victory. Now, that is the greatest game of his career. What, what a game. Uh, and they ended up winning by six. Yes, over the Saints. So I'm going to put the entire Daniel win Sorensen on Daniel Sorensen's shoulders. beat the Saints? Yes, he did. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he did. Dennis Pitta, Saint-like too, I guess, had four receptions <laughs> for 40 yards and a Ravens loss. Ziggy Ansah had two tackles, and Kyle Vannoy had three tackles for the Lions. Congratulations to them. BYU women's soccer coach Jennifer Rockwood picked up her 350th career win on Saturday as the sixth-ranked Cougars beat San Diego 2-1 to without Ashley Hatch, who will join us tomorrow coming up on BYU Sports Nation. Lizzie Braby scored in the 82nd minute to give BYU the victory. The Cougars are now number four in today's RPI. That's good. Uh, they're rolling, and, and they've lost a couple of games and, and tied a game against Santa Clara, but they've played this really tough schedule uh, as well, and so they are rolling. It's going to be fun to see what they can do at the uh, end of conference play here. Our Twitter question today, sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At BYU Browards. 
This season has cut my life expectancy by about 20 or 30 years. Oh, Hashtag wow. cardiac coots. That's a really That's... long time. Do you mean two or three? 20 to 30? 20 to 30. Like, like how old are you like, now? Because yeah. if that's the case. Yeah. We, He's we, like, I'm eight. <laughs> what are you doing on Twitter? Why aren't you in school? <laughs> Was it fall break last week? Yeah, I don't know, 20 <laughs> or 30 years. but uh, I'm trying to think what you could do to, to <laughs> decrease it by 20 or 30 years. Like, what would do that? I don't know. Maybe winning out the rest of the way? That, w- that would decrease it by 20 or 30 years? I mean, like, it would help. Like, you get a couple more wins? Would decrease so you're talking about the, like, changing it. I'm trying like to th- adding I'm- life instead of taking it away. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good thing. Uh, I, no, I'm talking about what could a human do to, to, literally- de- to decrease it by 20 or 30 years. That's, yeah, that's a crazy idea. Let's, yeah, not, let's not broach that. You're right. No, you're, you're right. Let's move on. It's move a bye on. week. Let's not broach Let's that. move on from that. <laughs> At Lady M. Stonewall, this team is keeping all my doctors busy, cardiologist for my heart, the ENT for my voice, and the therapist for my stress. Yeah, the stress is a real thing, right? <laughs> and, and it is funny, at the end of a game, the emotions that happen with that. And they, I, think about it. There's not been a single end of game where BYU didn't have a chance to win that game in some form. Even UCLA, I've, I've dogged on that game, but BYU, if they get an onside kick there, they make it interesting. That's, that's a closer game on, uh, at the end than it looks like. Or it looked closer than it really was. At 808, get back, Jack. Defense is beast. Off is beast. Offense is dainty. <laughs> dainty. Uh, you know what? Here's the I thing. wouldn't say that around those guys, personally. We have to interact with those guys. We get to. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to say that in front of them. There's no. certain words <laughs> that don't get used a whole lot. But then when you see them spelled, it's like, really? That's how you spell it. Like, like, yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen the word dainty spelled. Yeah. Good it's on a, you, though. Yeah, good on you. At Kip Kent. Four and four is what I expected, but eight points from undefeated record leaves me feeling, what if? I'm emotionally spent. Now, that's a great description. Yes. I really like that one. I really like that one a lot. Keep the tweets coming. Use hashtag BYUSN. Weigh in on Twitter. Coming up, an undefeated November, Kainakua and the Cubs. They all make an appearance, and what's the chance? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B. Remember, if you ever miss an episode of the show live, there's a rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Tune in to After Further Review coming up tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time right here on BYU TV. Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan all look back on last week's game at Boise State. It's AFR tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV. And there's a lot to talk about from that Boise State game. Sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. That's our Twitter question at col underscore James 83. Just a little outside. (laughs) (laughs) Which is well-timed since the Indians yes. are in the World yes. Series. Go Cleveland! Come on. Cleveland rocks! Tomorrow night. That should be fun. Should be a good series. We haven't played this in a while, but there's 100% chance that we do next. It's called What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? Ben Bagley asks us a question. We then give him a percentage and an explanation in English. That's how we play. Ben? Hey, bonus, what's the chance? Speaking of that last tweet, how cool would it be? What's the chance Bob Euchre calls for Fox for the World Series? Zero percent. I would, would love it, that though. Would how great fun, would though. that be? Yeah, that would be awesome. It would be awesome. That would be awesome. They should make that happen. Yes. <laughs> Number one, what's the chance? BYU goes undefeated the rest of the season. Jason. 
I don't want to come across as not being confident, but I'm going to say 99.9. <laughs> what are you, a uh, uh, sanitizer? Yeah, but, I, you know, he, yeah. I'm, I'm not, including the bowl game. That's yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. I'm including the bowl Without game. Without knowing the opponent, Mountain West opponent. I, I th- Honestly, I believe that there is a 99.9% chance BYU wins out the rest of the year. They, they should. Yeah. The, the only, like the point zero zero one. Is the game at Cincinnati? That one little germ. That one little that germ that can't be killed. That you know is so arrogant because they know he knows he can't be killed. And it's Donald Pumphrey of San Diego State. <laughs> I go ninety-two percent because I think if BYU played San Diego State, that would be a fun game. Donald Pump- uh, Donald Pumphrey is legit. Yeah, he's really San good. San Diego State, the nation's leading rusher. He's the guy that's kind of past Jamal. By the way, Jamal, Jamal chasing Staley and that whole thing set back from Boise State. He's going to have to uh, get a lot of yards uh, in the next couple of games, but we'll see. Number two. What's the chance Kai Nakua wins the Jim Thorpe Award? It's given to the nation's best defensive back. I'll go 18%. The award is more than interceptions. If it was like just picks and ball hawking, Kai Nakua would be right there, right at the end. But because it's more than that, uh, and BYU does not play a compelling November schedule per se to get noticed in this regard, his overall numbers are fantastic. I think he's good. But I'll give him eighteen percent to win the Jim Thorpe. Yeah, I'm gonna give him. I'll give him twenty percent. Oh come on! For a lot of the reasons that that you, <laughs> I was gonna go twenty five, but you know, realistically, twenty five is a lot. Yeah, re- realistically, twenty percent, and and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the last month, because of the schedule, you know, BYU is probably not going to be on the the tip of the national media's tongue, and it, it, but it doesn't discredit or discount anything that Kai has done. His ability to intercept the football is fantastic. And so, I mean, he certainly more than deserves to be on this, be in the mix for this award, but I think it's probably about 20%. Kai Nakua has single-handedly helped several of these games for BYU stay close. Number three. I would have went 12% on that one because that's Tanner Mangum's number. And Kai Nakua's. Oh, it is? <laughs> What's the chance someone not named Nick Emery leads BYU hoops in scoring this season? This is an interesting one. Cougar tip-off Wednesday night, Exhibition Saturday, our first look at this team. I, I think this is low, and this is not a commentary on the other people. I think this is a commentary on just how good Nick Emery is, mm-hmm. and I expect him to be this year. So I'm going to say 10%. Oh, okay. Like Maybe 10%. I, I, just, I think Nick Emery is going to be everything that fans hoped for and taking it even a next level from what we saw last year. I I have extremely high hopes, and he is more than capable of living up to those. 8%. The only threat to this is Elijah Bryant once he gets healthy. Um, Nick Emery is the returning leading scorer for BYU, and to me, he's the frontrunner for most shot attempts. Uh, and therefore, most buckets on this team. I think there's a lot of balance, but Nick, as the returning leading guy, I think he will be the leading scorer, and I'll be shocked if he's not. Number four. What's the chance there are currently there will be four or less undefeated teams at the end of the college football mm. regular season? Currently, nine teams. This is interesting because the last three years there have been two, one, two undefeated teams at the regular season. At the end of the regular season, okay? So to think that there would be more is a little crazy. And and remember, stuff happens. It's Still the end of October, right? So we have like five weeks left in the regular season, maybe six. I, I think uh, there's 25%. I think Alabama will be one. Michigan could lose to Ohio State. Clemson still has Florida State. If Washington gets by Utah uh, at home or on the road this week, I think they'll run the table in the regular season. So I'm actually going to bump this up to 40%. 40? 40, 40, yeah. 
I, I think there's about 15% chance. Mm. And this just is, is such a difficult thing to do to go undefeated in a college football season. Even the best teams sometimes struggle with this. If it, we, we always like to think that it happens all the time, and every year there's all these teams. It doesn't happen. So I, I just think I'm going to go with the law of averages. I'll say, what did I say, 10%? I'll, I'll say 10%, and I, I don't think we're, we could get maybe half, if, if that. There have been zero, uh, zero times less three yeah. uh, years it there just have been doesn't four ha- undefeated teams. People just make it sound like it's season. it's happening all the time, and it's yeah. not. And that's and that's the preseason conversation, right, with a lot of If we go undefeated, you know how many times it's happened for BYU? One time! One time! And one loss like two or three times. It's just so hard. Number five. What's the chance Jason Christ tears <laughs> of joy if the Cubs win the World Series? Tears of joy, 0%. Uh, tears because tears I don't want up. to... Tears, you know, I'm not going to cry. It would be more uh, internal anger instead of. <laughs> <laughs> Which can induce crying for some people. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to cry. I'll put, it at, I'll put it at 0%. But yeah, the internal anger inside and anguish as a Cardinals fan. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping that, you know, that you, they would just be the, the lovable losers yeah. forever. Yeah. And it's just not going to happen. It's hard to cry if you're angry. Like, like when Utah won the Fiesta Bowl, I was just jealous. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, Arr! I was like, hey, good, good for those guys. Yeah. One, <laughs> one clap. Yeah. Awesome. That was two Je- claps, but there yeah, we there go. we go. That makes more. That wraps up. What's the chance? 100%. We're, uh, we're done with that. Our Twitter question. Sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence at yfangirl underscore JB. Stress eating, nail biting, living room pacing, stadium rocking, awesome and emotional BYU football. This is my favorite tweet so far. At Melocopter. BYU, the team that will almost beat you. <laughs> Joel Klatt of uh, Fox Sports, every week he does the almost upset yeah. pick of the week. BYU, the team that will almost beat you late. No, BYU's won a couple close ones. Come yes, on. come on now. Come on. Hey, coming up, Cougars in the NFL overseas and on the PGA Tour. That highlights a loaded Cougar whip around. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Kainakua is one of 16 semifinalists for the Jim Thorpe Award given to the nation's best defensive back. Nakua's five INTs are tied for tops in the nation. BYU enters its bye week coming off a one-point loss to Boise State but moves up in the ESPN Power Football Index to number 34. The Cougars have the second highest win percentage in the country, by the way, from ESPN's FPI, with 64% chance. Cougars in the NFL. Daniel Sorensen had a 48-yard pick six for the Kansas City Chiefs. Also had a sack and six tackles as Kansas City beat the New Orleans Saints. Dennis Pitta had four receptions for 40 yards in a Ravens loss. Ziggy Ansah had two tackles and Kyle Vanoy had three tackles for the Detroit Lions. Soccer! Congratulations to Coach Jennifer Rockwood, who picked up her 350th career win on Saturday as the sixth-ranked Cougars beat San Diego 2-1. Without Ashley Hatch, who is with the USA national team, she will join us tomorrow. Lizzie Braby scored in the 82nd minute to give the Cougars the win. BYU is number four in today's RPI. Men's basketball. Eric Mika was one of 20 players named to the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Center of the Year Award watch list. 
Cougars Overseas. You can see Eric and the Cougars Wednesday night on the uh, Cougar tip-off, by the way. Cougars Overseas, Tyler Haas finished with 15 points, two rebounds, and a loss for Anvil Václovic in uh, Poland. And Chase Fisher had six points and six rebounds and a loss for Giovanni Scafati in Italy. <laughs> Cougars in the association. Kyle Collinsworth was waived by the Dallas Mavericks on Saturday. That's Collins- a bummer. I know, that's a bummer. I was really hoping he was going to make that team. I thought it was a really good fit. Collinsworth had averaged 1.2 points and seven rebounds in the preseason for the Mavs. Volleyball. 16th ranked women's volleyball rallied to beat Loyola Marymount in five sets Saturday. McKenna Miller, Whitney Young, Howard, and Ronnie Jones Perry, shout out to Copperhills High School, all had <laughs> double digit kills. Softball. BYU swept UNLV Saturday afternoon, 15 9 in the first game and 5 2 in the second. The Cougars finished exhibition play undefeated. Swimming and diving. But the men and women's teams lost to Arizona State on Saturday. Preston Jenkins won two events and four divers qualified in the NCAA zone cut. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair tied at 26 at 10 under par at the CIMB Classic. Fellow Cougar Daniel Summerhays finished 65th and shot one under par. Watch out for those elephants. Future guests include <laughs> Blaine Fowler, Ashley Hatch, as mentioned, and Terry Nashiff. Steve uh, Young is scheduled to join us as well this week. He'll be in Salt Lake and Orem, by the way, tomorrow for a signing of his book, if you're in Utah. QB, A Life Behind the Spiral. It's awesome. It's fantastic. He'll be at the Salt Lake... Uh, Downtown Deseret Book tomorrow morning from noon to 2 p.m. Uh, local time, mountain time, at the and at the Orem Deseret Book from 6 to 8 p.m. local time. Today's Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Daniel Sorensen, 48-yard pick six, a sack, six tackles. Awesome. Our Twitter question, sum up your thoughts on this BYU football season through eight games in one sentence. Our elite tweet of the day. At Speedy Sunshine. Yes! No! Ugh! Please! Finally! Oh, baby! Crap! Nine words, eight games. (laughs) That's well done. (laughs) Thanks to Trevor Maddich and everybody on the crew today. The conversation conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Make sure, if you're tweeting, use the hashtag BYUSN. You can throw the football if you want today. Let's see how accurate your arm is. Show's on demand on BYUSN.com. The audio podcast on iTunes. Successful throw. Perfect spiral, by the way. And the tune-in app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Howard Park. Lots going on. It's a bye week, but hoops is heating up. BYU Sports Nation's back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time.